Glory to God. It's good to see everybody. That was pretty exciting. Thank you, Kevin, for the awesome words of encouragement. You know, it's been a it's been a journey. We're a little over six months into this, and man, it's been great. We haven't, you know, everybody says when you when you plant your first church, there's a tendency to be like a roller coaster, and it, we haven't been there yet. Praise God. He's just, I mean, he's opened doors and provided for everything, and you know, that's a testimony to his glory, you know, and his grace, you know. And I mean, we're happy, happy, happy to be here. Amen. So today we're going to talk about spirit-led, all right? And I actually taught similar, some of what I'm going to teach you tonight a few Wednesday nights ago. So some of you that were here, you already heard some of this, but that's okay. This is a pretty deep subject. And God showed me that it's very important that I share this with everybody. It doesn't just need to go to a few people on Wednesday night. It needs to go to the whole congregation. So that's what I'm going to do today. So I hope you brought some paper and I hope you brought a pen to, uh, to take some notes. And when I go over the scriptures, uh, just jot those down. You don't have to turn to those for the sake of time. But amen. So let's talk about spirit-led. Being spirit-led, that's very important. And I thought about this. I, we've been, as, as, since we started the church, I've been laying a foundation. How many of you realize when you build a house, you have to put the house on a solid foundation? All right? So if you don't put it on a good foundation, as Jamin can tell you over there, it's going to do what? It's going to collapse. Okay? And so that's what we've been doing since the start of Compass Church, kind of getting a foundation. I need you to understand that God has a plan for your life. I need you to understand how to find that plan. I need you to understand how to take steps of faith. I need you to to understand all of these things. And when I taught this on Wednesday night, God told me, I went back and I was meditating, I was praying, and God was like, you know, you've been telling them everything to hear me tell them what to do, but how many of them know my voice? And I thought, wow, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll put this out there, you know, because it's very important. If you don't understand his voice, everything we've taught you means nothing. You see, his voice, is, his leading is, is, is what can be the answer to your prayers, all right? A lot of times people are sitting around waiting. I've been waiting on the answer for this prayer for 10 years. Well, God may have answered the prayer, but you may not have been able to hear him. Or understand how he answered your prayer. Amen. And some of you here have probably been, you're, you're learning that church, there's a little more to church than just coming to church on Sunday, doing church on Sunday, and then not thinking about God again until the following Sunday. Now look, if that's what you do, I'm not condemning anybody. That's, that's between you and God. But if you're going to walk in the best that God has for you, all right, which I encourage everybody to do, all right, in order to do that, you're going to have to be a little more committed. All right, And we do things a little bit different here. We don't have just traditional church services. Our services are a little bit different. And they're geared more to my style, which is to teach you how to take the Scriptures and not just be knowledgeable of the Scriptures, but know how to apply that into your day-to-day life. See, I think so many people are missing that today. We don't understand how to apply it in our life, and we miss it. And, I, and, and we don't understand exactly how God's leading us. And you may be thinking, well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because, and I'll tell you, it's because I see the choices that people make today. And the decisions that people make, those were, a lot of times, I'm not pointing any fingers. No <laughs> the decisions that people make, and you guys have neighbors and friends that probably make these decisions also, some of these decisions aren't led by God, and it's obvious. Amen. 
And so I want to make sure that you guys understand what it means to be spirit-led because you hear me say that all the time. You need, to be, you need to be spending time with your Heavenly Father and you need to do what He tells you to do and understand how He, how he tells you to do it. All right? So how many realize you've got a pretty important part to play in advancing the kingdom of God? Amen? All right. So to start with in this whole process, you've got to understand one thing. That's very, very important. It gets overlooked a lot in today's culture. And that is the simple fact that Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. Okay? He promised us that. Now look with me at John. Well, you don't have to turn there. But John 14, verses 16 through 17. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. And doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, that's important. And you also see this, and I love this in Acts 2, 32 and 33. It says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we're all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. All right. So, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, as we encourage everyone to do, we believe that's what we're called to do, to make disciples, to, 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 so, to go out and share the gospel. All right? But when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, Scripture tells us you have the Holy Spirit abiding there with you. All right? That's considered the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody pay attention to me. This is... A, <laughs> this is this gets a, little, gets a little deep here. So you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That essentially, you think of it like this. This is how God marks us as Christians as different from everybody else. All right? Everybody else in the world. That's, it's kind of like his way of marking you as his own. Okay? Just think it's kind of an easy way to think of it. But also, along with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, there is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And this is where a lot of people... And you don't have to do this, but I encourage everybody, I think you should, to receive the full benefit. A lot of people don't necessarily want the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, what that is, is where you come down, I lay, we, I lay hands on you, or, or somebody lays hands on you, and we pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, Okay. And you may have heard some of the kids come back from camp. I received the Holy Spirit this week. And you may not necessarily understand what that means, but that's simply what it means. They had the Holy Spirit abiding with them when they accepted Christ. But to receive the full benefits, they were infilled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we see that in Acts 8, verses 15 through 17. It says, As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit had not yet come upon on any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a benefits to being infilled, being filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? And, of course, the, the first obvious one is sanctification. In other words, the filling of the Spirit produces a character transformation that we should see in all Christians. Okay, and then then this is where also the empowering of your spiritual gifts come from. All right, if your spiritual gift, this is where that power comes from. You're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. This is where that comes from. And of course, in worship, 
You ever wonder why somebody, you can be standing there hearing the same song, kicking the chair in front of you, and somebody on the end can have their arms raised so high and just be so intimately worshiping with their heavenly Father's tears are running down their face. Amen? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's a move of the Spirit in their life. But one of the most important benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit is intercession. All right? Christians need help with their prayer lives. How many of you ever hear somebody say, well, I prayed for an hour? And you're thinking, man, I don't know how he prayed for an hour. That's all I can do, pray two minutes. You know, it's because he didn't pray out of his voice. He prayed out of his spirit because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. And I've shared the testimony to where I stopped and helped with an accident. And I didn't know, I knew it was bad, didn't know the situation, but I immediately started praying in the Spirit through the whole ordeal, got the lady out of the car and all that. She was out cold, and before they put her in the ambulance, she called me over there, and she thanked me for praying for her. She knew I was praying for her, all right? I didn't know what to pray or how to pray, but I allowed my, peer, my spirit to pray in tongues for the, over the situation. Same thing when, I, when God wakes me up in the middle of the night and puts somebody heavy on my heart, and this happens all the time. Now, I don't necessarily call that person at 3 o'clock in the morning. He may, not real, he may not reveal to me whatever I'm praying about. And when he doesn't, I just simply spend time praying in, in the Spirit for a little while, maybe 30 minutes or whatever, until I receive peace over the situation, and then I go back to sleep. And that's happened. I do that over you guys all the time. You may never even know. You may never know. But I do that. I allow the Spirit to intercede on my behalf. So you see, the Holy Spirit's got a vital, vital role in your life, in your day-to-day life. And if, you, and if we continue to uh, not allow him to be in our life, we're putting our thumb on the Holy Spirit. And that's bad. That's bad. Now, all that, all that means is you're just not going to receive the fullest of what God's got for you. Amen. So, I want to talk with you specifically today about following the inward witness. All right, the inward witness, your inward man. This is your spirit that lives on the inside of you. All right, and and, and before I get into that, I, I have to remind you that Kevin taught on Wednesday night the fact that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Remember, Scripture teaches us that. All right, and of course, your spirit is your spirit man, your inward man on the inside of you. Your soul is your mind, your intellect, your reasoning, and of course, your body is your physical senses. All right? All right? And you have to understand that. Now, Romans 8, verses 14 and 16, I'll just read those two for the sake of time, is where we're going to be based out of. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, there are the sons of God. And then 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. All right? So, how many of you know people want to have direction? They want people... To, to, they want, they're looking for some type of leading in their life, all right? Everybody is. People are, we are even, even great leaders look for somebody else to mentor under, all right? To hold them accountable. So as an, and we're all looking to be led in one way or another, for good or bad, all right? And, I, and one of the things that where Christians mess up in, and especially in today's society, is they don't understand the difference between the spirit and the soul, and they try to use those interchangeably, all right? But Scripture, scripture di- differentiates between the two in Hebrews 4.12. It says, 
And it says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Okay? So there, it differentiates right there. They're not interchangeable. It's because people are too often, they only want to try to, to, they try to understand everything with their mind. Okay? So they, they, and and you got to understand also that our brains are not capable of understanding everything that God has for us right now. We can't, there's, there's questions that we just, even as a pastor, I don't care what pastor, what great minister they are, they don't have all the answers to everything based on scripture. Some things we're going to have to wait and just simply ask God for that answer. But Paul's writing there at the church at Thessalonica, and he also made a distinction in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where it says, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be persevered blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So right there, the scripture's telling us, it's teaching us that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Okay, so we got that, right? Now, when you're born again, we understood that the Holy Spirit is there abiding with you. All right? He's abiding with you. All right? And since God lives in your spirit when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, where is he going to speak to you through? Your spirit. Okay? He's going to speak to you through your inward witness, through your inner man. Amen? So, he's there. And I love, the, I love uh, Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, the spirit of man is a lamp of the Lord. And, and that simply means he's going to guide us through our spirits. Okay? Through your spirits. You see, we are spirit beings, okay? And you, you contact the spiritual realm with your spirit, your inner man. You contact the mental realm with your intellect, that's your soul. And you contact the physical realm with your body, your physical senses, all right? And very important to understand that. So now, we know that according to 2 Corinthians five seventeen, it says, Therefore, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So when you're born again, does your body change? Unfortunately, it doesn't. You know, I think if I got born again, I could pick whatever body I want, you know. I'd have the one, I'd be like Ethan right here, you know. You know, you know, but, you know that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, does it? No. What changes, the outward man stays the same, but what changes is that inward man, that man on the inside of you. Amen? And because God guides us through our spirit, it's very, very important to allow your inward man to guide you, to lead you. All right? Very, very important. Don't allow your body or your flesh to guide you. How many of you realize your flesh is going to chase after things that make, that feel good? We talked a little bit about this last week when I talked about how the dangers of staying in your comfort zone, comfort zone. You know, you're, you're operating off of a spirit of fear because you're afraid of what will happen if you step out of your comfort zone. But if you allow your flesh, your body to, to lead you, you're going to chase, chase after all kinds of sin. How many know that sin bring, brings pleasure for a season? All right? But it's a short season, and eventually it'll bring death, all right, or destruction. So, now, so how does God guide us? Romans 8, 14, 16 says tells us that he will, we are led by the Holy Spirit and he will bear witness with our spirit. So the number one way that he's going to guide us is that inward witness. That's the voice on the inside of you. When I say voice, don't think of audible voices. This is where some people miss it. 
You know, we're not thinking about audible voices. And if you're chasing around after audible voices, I would tell you to stop. Okay, that's very dangerous. You'll be hearing demonic voices. Okay, be very because Satan's Satan's watching all of us, and he's looking for a crack. He's looking for you to slip up and open a door, and he slips right in there. So don't don't go chasing around voice after voices. So let me just give you an example of how the inward witness would work. I had a pastor friend of mine. I shared this story Wednesday night. And he was, uh, he was at a church in Oklahoma, and he was a creature of habit. He always went the same way home. He stopped at the same stores and all. And he was getting ready to go home. He went to get in his car, and he was about to put the key in the ignition. And he went to crank it up, and he just felt he didn't have peace to go. He said, well, I don't need to go. And so he's been in the ministry a long time. He knows this, and he was ready. And so he obeyed. He simply went back in the office, and the secretary was poking fun at him. What are you still doing here? Man, I just can't go right yet. So he went back into his office and did a few things, and after about 30 minutes, he got peace. He's just like it lifted. He got peace. There's just that, that something on the inside said, it's okay, it's time to go. So he simply went on back out, got in his car, and he went down the interstate like he always does and got right there, and there was like a seven-car pileup. Fatalities were involved, and he put it all together that had he left when he was going to leave, he would have been right in that accident. You see, that was the Holy Spirit saying, whoa, cowboy, pulling the reins back. Hang out, chill, take a break, you know. That was his inward witness. He was telling him. And you know, and it, works the, it works the other way too. If you're praying about a job change, all right? Or, or, or you're praying about a, a business venture or whatever that may be. You get that little warm, fuzzy feeling that, you, that says, hey, it's okay. You take that step of faith. You go, all right? So it's very, very important. It's kind of that nudging on the inside of you. And I think if no, most of you know what I'm talking about on that. But it's very, very important to, to get a hold of that. And, and, and listen, I'm going to say one real quick thing. I had this conversation with a gentleman before I preached this the other night. And he was talking about the, that we should only be led by the prophet. Now listen, I'm not, making, I'm not saying anything. There is a place for the prophet in today. But the prophet's job is not to lead us, okay? Under the old covenant, you did go to the prophet for direction. Why? Because you did not have the Holy Spirit abiding with you, sent by God himself to comfort you and to lead you and to guide you. All right? So we have that now, but it's very important that we understand how to hear him. Amen? Because we all have it. We all have it. All right? Now, so we read in in our text, it said, The Spirit itself, Romans 8, 16, bears witness with our spirit. Okay? So many Christians here think that Paul was talking about some kind of physical witness. Or evidence there, but that's not what he was talking about at all. Paul doesn't say the Spirit himself bears witness with our physical senses or with our bodies, did he? No, he didn't. No, he said the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So, not our bodies or our mind. So, that being said, don't be basing your Christian walk off of your physical senses. And see, this is where so many people miss it, and I've made this mistake also. Listen, when you're chasing after what feels good, Man, you can get led astray quick. Or you, get, you, get, you start chasing after what things that you physically want. Oh, I want that motorcycle. Oh, I want that boat. Or I want that toy, you know. Or I want those clothes or those 80 pair of shoes. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm just <laughs> That's Jeremy, yeah. <laughs> but listen, 
you can't, you can't base your Christian walk off of what feels good. I think about Zach, you know, he was up here, um, he was bench pressing anybody that would get up there. I mean, the dude is, he's, a, he's an animal. He was, he was unbelievable. But he didn't get that way by following after his flesh. Because see, when he goes to exercise, at some point, his muscles get sore. And his body said, hey, bud, stop. Go eat a little Debbie. We've had enough of this. You know, his body's telling him quit, you know. But no, had he stopped, he wouldn't have reached and received the full benefit of the workout. All right, which he's already, you can clearly see that he's, he's taking advantage of that. Amen? So, don't be chasing after just feelings. We don't react off of emotion, off of feelings. All right, sometimes God's going to call you to do something that you're going to, it's going to be a little hard. It's going to be tough to start with. But he's going to be there with you and he's going to guide you. All right, and he's going to walk with you when you go through this resistance. Even though it may be a little hard, and your body and your mind say, oh, don't do that, that looks crazy. All right, but stay in it and press in and get it done. Now, write this down. Feeling is the voice of your body. Reason is the voice of your soul. And conscience is the voice of your spirit. Now, conscience is the voice of your spirit. So your inward man has a voice, okay? And I think if some of you now are realizing what I'm talking about, you're conscious. You know right from wrong. Okay? So, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Feeling is the voice of your body. Reason is the voice of your soul. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. All right? So, at your new birth, when you accepted Christ, all right, your spirit was renewed. So now your conscience is the voice of that new spirit. So if you follow after your conscience, he's going to guide you right. All right, he's not going to, he's going to guide you right in line with the word of God. If you are a true again, truly born again Christian, your conscience is going to guide you right. And you may be some of you are sitting out here saying, "Well, pastor, I know a guy that just don't have a conscience. He's not born again." You see, if if you're not born again, can you listen to the spirit? Not God, no. You don't have the Holy Spirit right there abiding with you, see? So you, you, when you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit there. You're, you're, you can, you're getting the picture now, okay? So, uh, and also, when you have the Holy Spirit and, you, and you're actually truly born again and you've truly committed your life to Christ, did you know that when you sin, that you actually grieve the Holy Spirit? You grieve, the, and you can sense that. All right, you should sense it. If you're not sensing that, well, you need to, we need to talk, okay? We need to talk. So don't be letting your body and mind dominate you, all right? And listen, that's one of the number one ways that Satan gets into your life because he's tempting you in different ways. And you may be thinking, well, you know what? I, I, hadn't, I hadn't had any cocaine in a while, maybe just a little bit. Just tonight, I won't do anything else. I'll just do a little tonight, and it'll be all right. And then once you dabble in it, you open that door, and then Satan's in there, and he's doing everything he can to tempt you and lure you and pull you back away from the things of God. Amen? So don't do it. Don't let your body and your mind lead you like that. Because, listen, you can't walk around by faith being led by your feelings. All right? And we're told to live by faith. So... Now, next, I want to read John sixteen thirteen. It says, Howbeit, when, when he, the Spirit of truth, 
is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. All right? The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. And I want to show you, stay with me now. Now, I want to show you a biblical illustration of how the inward witness operates. And that's Acts 27, 9 and 10. Acts 27, 9 and 10. I know this is a lot of scripture and you guys aren't used to this much, but this is very important. I hope you guys are getting this. It says, Now when much time was spent and when the sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only to the lading and ship, but also of our lives. All right, notice, Paul didn't say the Lord told me. He didn't say that the Spirit of God said. No, he said, I perceive. What was the eye that he was talking about there? Well, the eye that he was talking about right there was the inward witness. All right, that inward voice. All right, that's what he was talking about. He didn't, receive, he didn't perceive it mentally. He didn't perceive it with his feelings. All right, but in his spirit, all right, in the inward witness is where he got it. And then you, we saw right there that the Holy Spirit was showing him things to come. You see, all Christians, we ought to have some sense, some sort of spiritual perception in your life, all right? You should, you should. And, you, and, and you, it comes from training and spending time in the Word of God. Now, and this is where faith people miss it. We miss it a lot simply because we don't truly understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, all right? And now, and, and know this, too often God's trying to lead us by our inward witness or by our spirit on the inside. And I already shared that you may be waiting on an answer to prayer. He may have already told you you didn't know how to hear him. So you've been waiting for all this time and he's just simply waiting on you to take the next step. But too many people also sit around waiting on something spectacular to be God's leading. Whether it be voices, whether it be angelic visits or visions or something of that sort. Listen, don't chase after that. Don't chase after that because the scripture does not say that that's how he's going to lead us. No, it didn't say that. It said that he will, he will lead us from our wit, inward witness. All right? So, and a lot of this happens. One problem is, let me try to put this a different way. One, one thing you have to realize is this is going to take some time on your part. All right, this is going to pay. This is going to take a little dedication on your part. All right, and you're going to have to take time to seek God. You're going to have to to uh, take responsibility of finding what God's will is for your life. I guess that's a good way to put it. There. All right, and sometimes there's a price you got to pay in order to receive God's guidance in your life. Often it takes waiting on God in the Word and in prayer. Okay. All right. And sometimes it means waiting long enough to get your mind quiet. All right, now this is, this is one thing that really hinders a lot of folks. Is they, they don't get their body and their mind under control. All right, and you hear people, you may have heard somebody in church say, oh, well, you're, you're, you're living after the flesh or, or, you're, or, or I'm going to get my flesh under. Well, that's what they're talking about, getting their flesh under control. And when we don't do that, see, your flesh and your mind are trying to, trying to pull you away into things that are more comfortable and away from the things of God, all right? But when you get your flesh under control, all right, 
When you get it under control, you begin to understand what God is saying to you. And once you do that, and it, and it simply takes time to spend with Him. This is why I encourage you all the time. You need to be reading your Word. You need to be spending time in prayer. And this takes longer for different people. Depending on your lifestyle, people that have, have lived and chased after the things of the flesh for a long time, it takes a while to get their flesh under control. Sometimes it doesn't happen just like that. But it starts by training your spirit. Okay? Now, how do you train your spirit? Well, number one, you feed on God's word, which I constantly tell you guys. You know, Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All right, number two, you walk in love. Make sure that you're, you're not holding on to some kind of bitterness. All right, or as the kids would say, don't be salty. You know? <laughs> don't do that. Walk in love. And now, the number three, and this is most important, praying in other tongues. Okay, now this comes from the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And this, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. All right? Praying in other tongues allows you to get your mind quiet. Why? Because when you're praying, if you're just sitting up there praying, you're just trying to think of what you're trying to say. Well, after a few minutes, you're going to run out of words. All right? But you still... You, may, you still need to be praying, all right? So you allow your spirit to pray in other tongues. And what you do is you allow your body and your mind to get quiet, all right? And then you're just in your prayer closet or your prayer room or wherever it is, and you're meditating mentally on God, allowing your spirit to pray in an unknown language to God. He intercedes for you, and then and you're, you spend that time there. And what you do, as you start this, you train your spirit. To do this, you're training your spirit. And once you, get, once you get your mind and your body quiet, you get sensitive to the things of the spirit and you get sensitive to the things that God's trying to tell you. Amen? And it's very, very important to get that. Very important. And all that comes from the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I, wanna, I would love to pray for you for that. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're going to walk in the full benefits of what God has for you, that's part of it. That's one of the keys. It's one of the major keys. And see, too many times in today's world, we spend too much time in our physical and mental realm. And especially when you have people with such high IQs, all right, they have to physically understand and be able to explain everything. You know, we had this problem with Keith. I don't know what happened there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but sometimes you have to accept things by faith. You know, we know the Word of God is true, and we know the Word of God does not lie. And sometimes you just... That's why they always... They talk about that childlike faith, because they haven't been corrupted by the world. They haven't got to a, to a state... Keith talked about this. A place to where they, they have to make decisions of paying bills and make decisions of finding jobs and make decisions of finding a mate and the whole drama that comes with life, you know. And Anna's about to step into that now. But so too many times we spend too much time in the, the mental and the physical realm and we neglect our spirit. Amen? Not good. Not good. So I want to encourage everybody to learn to be sensitive to the things of the Holy Spirit. All right? And I love John fourteen twenty six. I didn't give this to the guys. And I like it out of the Amplified. And it says, the Holy Spirit is in you as your comforter, your counselor, your helper, your intercessor, 
your advocate, your strengther, your standby, man. And if you learn to let your spirit dominate your life, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it will change your life. Amen. He'll guide you into all truth, just like 16.13 said, John 16.13 said. I want to encourage you, train your spirit, folks. And listen to the Holy Spirit. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit who dwells inside you. Renewing your mind with the Word of God. And don't allow your flesh to dominate your life. Amen. And as you do it, learn to follow that voice. That nudging on the inside, learn to follow that. Okay? When something's telling you, when you get a red flag. I remember when Michelle and I were in Oklahoma and we were going to invest in a business venture that eventually wiped us out. When we were sitting there to to sign the paperwork, we didn't pray about it or anything. It just looked like a good thing to do, and we, we did it. And I remember sitting there. I had a check in my spirit. Don't do this. Don't do this. But my mind was looking at the big dollars on that thing. Oh, you can do this, this, and this. And that's when I told her, I said, we'll make this work. And long story short, it did not work. We lost everything that we had at that point. So, you know what? Learn to follow after that gut feeling that's telling you either go or stop. And I'm going to tell you, it'll make a big difference in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. And I thank you. And we praise you, praise you, praise you for all you've done. And praise you for everything you're doing in this church and everybody that comes. And Father, we praise you now for the people that are going to come to this church, Lord. And Lord, I pray that as everybody sat here today, I pray that they open their hearts to receive what you wanted me to teach, Father. And I pray that they'll take this and they'll get this deep inside them and they'll learn to listen to their spirit. Learn to listen to you so that they can make the proper steps and we can advance the kingdom of God and they can step into the purpose and the plan that you've called for their life. Because each one of them have a purpose, Father. Everybody sitting in this room has a purpose. Father, I pray that they see their value. They see how important they are to advancing your kingdom. Glory to God. I thank you, Father. I praise you. I praise your name. Father, I thank you that you loved us. You loved us. No matter what we've done or where we've been, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to die on that cross for us. You sent him here to bear unbelievable sin, unbelievable pain. Father, I just thank you for that. I thank you for the gift of of eternal life. I thank you for the Holy Spirit coming into my life. I thank you how the Holy Spirit has led me and guided me to be here today, to follow and to walk out the plan for my life, to, to help and to advance your kingdom, to impact and to grow this church, Father. And Father, I pray that as you continue to speak to me through your Holy Spirit, Father, I pray that, that you, that I, I pray and I speak against anything that would try to come into my life to try to pull me or steer me into a different direction so that we walk out and we fulfill the full vision of what you're calling this church to do. And Father, I pray as we stand here today, I pray with every head bowed and all eyes closed, if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I want to take just a minute and pray with those people. If that's you, just simply raise your hand. It won't take but a second. 
looks like we're all family. Well, Father, I'm gonna I'm gonna put something out there that if you're in the in this house and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I know you heard the kids talk about that last week, and maybe you didn't completely understand it, and maybe you have some more questions. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you to come down. Not right now, but at the end of service, I want you to come down front because I want to pray with you for that. I want to pray with you for that. Very important to get that. You'll have such, 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 such benefits come with that. Such benefits come with that. Father, we just give you all the glory for everything that you do. And we love you, love you, love you. And we praise you, praise your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God.